Get ready. Get ready for a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome. Welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the daily news from around the world. The world. Your host for this journey, Amanda. Well, hello there. She's about to bring you everything you need to know about gaming, esports, and entertainment. Hold tight, because here she comes. Thank you so much for that warm, warm welcome, Raven. Hello there, adventurers, and good day to you all. Welcome to the Starter Zone. I am your guide, Amanda, and it is time to bring you the headlines from all the gaming and entertainment news sources. So the summer game showcases are pretty much over, and really, to be honest, I'm pretty tapped out with it. There was so much covered, but I did want to take a look at a couple of the announcements we didn't go over in our last episode, um, specifically coming from the PC show. Now, Jeff Keighley welcomed a very big name to the stage, a streamer's Jaguar got set on fire in Ohio, Harrison Ford's in the news, and more. Get your gear, guys, and let's go. I think the PC gaming show can kind of be, be wrapped up in, in quick summary of sand, sand, and more sand. Worms are involved as well. Uh, just a couple of the big announcements that came out during the PC show was revealing a game called Sand. Um, you know, it, it gets everywhere. It's kind of itchy and scratchy, but it's a, a game coming out about a dystopian open world multiplayer survival game because we need more survivals. Um, set in an alternative future where the Austro-Hungarian Empire has discovered interplanetary travel right on the eve of World War One. So this one's going to be an interesting new take on the world of survival games. We also looked at the new trailer for Dune, so fans of the Frank Herbert series is now going to be getting their own MMO. Um, this is kind of piggybacking off of the success of the first Dune movie that came out a couple years and um, the, the imminent release of Dune 2. I actually grew to be kind of a big fan of the 1984 Dune version. I thought that was a really clever way. I mean, it, it had, you know, Sting in it. I mean, come on, what, what was wrong with that? Um, so that one's going to be kind of cool. Fans of that series, get ready for this one. This one looks to be a lot of fun, and um, I think I see a lot of worm sign in our future. And we also did see a, an announcement for Frostpunk 2 coming. That won't be out until 2024. This one's going to be based where the age of oil has now arrived. So we're going to have some new disasters. We're going to have more difficulty. This one for survival fans, this one looks to be a lot of fun. The first Frostpunk game was actually a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm looking forward to playing this one as well. On a side note of the PC gaming show, um, my producer over here, Raven, wanted everybody to know he found the Frankie AI to be a little too weird for him. Um, if, if you have any kind of 
dissenting opinion on that let us know <laughs> leave a comment for us but uh yeah he's over here shaking his head he, he didn't care for that one at all but uh, i thought it was kind of funny and clever but you know differentiating opinions here so sorry raven had to call you out on that one now recently we did see a teaser for the new dead by daylight patch that an update that was coming out uh dead by daylight is done by behavior games and it's really really widely regarded as you know one of the best horror games to come as the last decade because of the multiplayer and their iconic killers that pop up you know we have a freddy killer and a michael killer even though we don't call them by those names in game per se but it, it was a different take it's you know the cat and mouse uh it is a really fun way to play and they've introduced a newer update and it's coming in the 7.0 update called end transmission and transmission is now available on the public test realm for those that like to access that. But they're going to have a new killer called the Singularity. Um, we're going to be starting to see some sci-fi maps now. So this is a little different from playing in the, 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 the big circus with all the dead stuff around and, and the auto areas and the, uh, the junkyards and the uh, abattoir you know with all the pigs hanging it's definitely a different take but we're, we're definitely going to see um, some really cool sci-fi elements coming in the singularity looks to be a computer AI gone rogue so we're going to see some um, new powers such as quantum instantiation he has biopods that pop up across the map where he can take control of them remotely um, he can slipstream and teleport to you and it can spread like an infection and everybody can get sick off of it. It's going to be a really cool new take on the game while keeping that cat and mouse element. But we're going to see some new maps and some new perks and cosmetics and um, some new and of course we'll see some new survivors. Coming off of that announcement, here comes Jeff Keighley. Now, at this point, we're, we've already been starting to see um, James Cameron made an appearance and Keanu Reeves came back for the Cyberpunk uh, DLC announcement. So, okay, who else could they bring in? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Nicolas Cage. That's right. Nicolas Cage came up on the stage for the first time at Summer Game Fest. And this is the first time he's going to be in a video game. He's a very big character on screen. He just had a new release with the movie Renfield that just came out of theaters, uh, which is hilarious, by the way. It's really a new take on the whole Dracula movie series. Um, he's apparently a very big horror movie fan. So this is kind of a, a just an extension of what he calls himself. And he made a, a statement about how he wants to fuse with you. Now, fans of Nicolas Cage know that he has a weird way of speaking about things. So uh, essentially what he says was, as a survivor, and he's speaking to Jeff Keighley here, as a survivor, it's like a bonding experience. It's a bit like hide and go seek. You have your three other teammates who are survivors with you, and it's teamwork. You're working together to pull through, and I like that. Every move you make when you're in the gaming space, it's timed down to the split second. It's a very immersive experience when you're acting out in this space because every move, every grunt, every sigh you make has to be timed perfectly with the gamer's moves. And he's speaking of his, um, his experience in making this character and recording. When you're playing the Nick Cage survivor, 
I want you to know that you're with me, that we're one and that we're fused. Little creepy. I like you, Nick, but that's a little much for me. Continuing. Somebody very important in my family is a Dead by Daylight enthusiast, and that really put the um, hook in. Dead by Daylight to me was an opportunity to branch out, and I'm always looking for new adventures. It took me nothing but a split second to say yes. Nicolas Cage will arrive in Dead by Daylight starting Tuesday, July the 25th, but PC players can get ready to face off with the actor by joining early access to the build on July 5th. You can also grab some codes or check out DVD killers list in the anticipation. So check out the Dead by Daylight website for more information on that. We're going to be watching to see what other information they're going to drop about his perks and the killer he's going to be going against. And if that wasn't enough of Nicolas Cage news, apparently he went over and met with Hideo Kojima. Now fans are starting to wonder, will he cameo in Death Stranding 2? Shortly after Cage came up on stage during the Summer Game Fest show and talked to Jeff Keighley, he had talked about that the cameo in Dead by Daylight gave him a chance to meet a whole new audience. And then Keeley turns to him and kind of makes the joke of, well, maybe you'll be in a Hideo Kojima game next. Shortly after that, Kojima posted a picture of him standing with Nicolas Cage in the Tokyo studio. Well, that could be a hint. The picture that Hideo Kojima posted shows him posing with the Hollywood legend Cage alongside the Luden statue in the Japan-based studio. So naturally, Kojima fans are now completely convinced that Cage is set to join the cast of the Death Stranding sequel, which would be kind of absurd if it wasn't for the fact that the director has this ability to get celebrities to cameo in his games. Look who was the main character of Death Stranding. You had one of the stars of the Walking Dead series, Norman Reedus. Then you also had quest givers with the voices of Conan O'Brien, um, horror artist Junji Ito, movie director Edgar Wright, and Jeff Keighley himself even made an appearance in the game. So it's not so far-fetched to think that you could get the likes of Nicolas Cage. Now, of course, it's absolutely possible that Kojima just simply invited Cage to take a tour of the office, maybe in hopes of recruiting him as a guest uh, for the second season of Kojima's podcast, Brain Structure, or that he just simply wanted to meet him as a fellow creative. But the one thing that we can really take away from that surprise visit is that Cage's interest in the video game world isn't going to just end with the appearance in Dead by Daylight. Big news for Rockstar Games fans. The co-founder of Rockstar Games, Dan Hauser, has announced a new studio called Absurd Ventures. This announcement made by Jeff Keighley as well as Dan Hauser is indicating that Absurd Ventures is going to dabble in other forms of media, not just for video games. The new studio is, quote, building some narrative worlds and creating characters, writing stories for a diverse variety of genres. Um, there's going to be production for live action, animation, video games, and other interactive content. This is a very big venture, it sounds like. And Hauser had kind of indicated and, and rumored uh, that he was starting a, a new studio, and this was rumored all the way back from 2021 after Absurd Ventures in Games was registered in the United Kingdom 
with the business listing mentioning Dan Hauser was a director at the studio, but details were really sparse at the time. Nobody was really talking about it. And obviously, I mean, it's early days of a development. You're not going to say, hey, we've come up with the name, boys. We are in business. And like, what do you do? I don't know. You got to build it up. So we understand people got excited, but tempered excitement because that was, you know, two years ago and they didn't know anything other than a name as well as, you know, Dan Hauser's name. Now, he founded Rockstar Games back in 1998 with his brother and about three others. Um, And then Rockstar's parent company, Take Two, in 2020, announced that Hauser had resigned from the company. So when it was indicated in 21 that he was working on a new project, it got exciting because, you know, we haven't seen him in in a little while. So what's going on? And Hauser's resume is actually pretty impressive. He played a really big role in Rockstar Games' history beyond just the co-founding. He wasn't just a, hey, all right, we made the name. Um, Y'all go forth and do something. Well, what did he do? He was also a writer on pretty much everything Grand Theft Auto uh, for every installment in the Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption franchise, up to date anyway. Um, he was also the executive producer for Red Dead 1 and 2 and Red Dead Online. So pretty good resume, pretty good background. So it's going to be exciting to see uh, what absurd games we'll come up with, what the studio will announce. And they haven't announced their first project yet. Hopefully we'll see something from its absurd adventures coming out in the news very soon. Mentioned in my opening is a story about a jaguar that was set on fire. And I'm not talking about the furry little murder kitten jaguar. We're talking about an actual car. So... To preface this, we are seeing a lot of stories coming out about streamers, specifically female streamers that are dealing with stalkers and they're dealing with harassment uh, all across the board. And, And it ranges anywhere from just people DMing them horrible, nasty things I'm not repeating to one of them, Amaranth actually reported on this one saying um, she was on the H3 podcast hosted by Ethan Klein and said that one of her obsessive fans went as far as to fly to Houston to marry her, claiming that they were engaged, and kept flooding her DMs, asking her why she wasn't at the airport to pick him up, why wasn't she at the hotel to visit him. And it just, it gets crazy. So here you have one. Um, Kylie Carter is known as Just Foxy on Twitch.tv. And a man from New York has allegedly driven hundreds of miles to reach her home in Ohio, and then set her Jaguar on fire. So 28-year-old suspect was arrested back in mid-May, and he's currently in custody in Ohio, and he's waiting trial for felony aggravated assault in relation to the incident. This is coming um, from Polygon, by the way. Um, Kylie Carter is a 25-year-old streamer. She's dedicated on Twitch over... 600,000 subscribers I think last I looked and she likes to play Fortnite and she likes to chat and on June 14th she uploaded a video to her YouTube channel called a Twitch viewer set my car on fire now this video has been viewed over 85,000 times over just in the first 24 hours and the footage shows the streamer's car ablaze along with several other clips taken by security cameras during the attack in May In the video, Carter shares her thoughts about the incident and says she's been dealing with stalker-type things for, I guess, over a year before the car was set on fire. And she cites the constant fear of stalking as a big reason she hasn't been streaming or posting nearly as much as she used to. 
the video shows the car it's up in flames and she reveals she wasn't at home at the time when this took place thankfully so she was safe unfortunately uh her pets were thankfully no one was hurt no lives were lost the pets are okay but it was a close enough call that kylie is now talking about how she wants to share her life online and how much she wants to do she's reevaluating things and honestly that's kind of a smart thing it, it is it is kind of a scary proposition to you know be so open and honest with people that i just want to be real with people but at the same time then you get some people male and female both that are just something it was not quite wired and they get obsessive and next thing you know your car is on fire so how much do you want to share how much do you not want to share completely up to her it's none of our business how much of our her life that she shares with us that's her business she wants to share her address she can share her address i don't recommend that i'm not going to do that more power to the people that do but you also see you know it's not just the, the sexual harassment and the stalking you also have the people that have to deal with the swatters i mean how many times have we seen um somebody have a swat team visit because some guy thought it would be <laughs> it's so funny to have you know the police show up at this guy's door with a gun and then something happens and something goes wrong did we not see this case what was it back in 2019 it was a 26 year old by the name of tyler barris was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison because he had to plead guilty or he didn't have to he chose to plead guilty to starting a fatal swatting hoax where a an innocent man was killed in wichita kansas and it was over call of duty world war ii i mean is it really that bad where your ego is that crushed that you have to you know, call the police on somebody and, and make a false report and then now you have to live with that on your conscience for the rest of your life but before i get too soapboxy it's just i'm glad to see that that kylie's okay i'm glad to hear that her pets are okay uh rip to the jaguar uh, but it's just scary to see more and more of these incidences coming to light. Not necessarily more happening, just more and more people are talking about it. Um, so everybody stay safe out there. Don't share more than you feel you need to. Don't feel obligated to share your information with anybody that, well, just anybody at all, whether they're giving you kind of a creepy, icky feeling or not. You don't have to tell anybody anything. You can be as secretive as you want to. Just, you know, stay safe, stay vigilant, but have fun one of the most famous names in the world was Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner, the American magazine publisher, founder and editor-in-chief of Playboy magazine. We lost this icon back in 2017. Hugh was known for having many partners, but only four children out of the whole thing. He had Christy, David, Marston, and Cooper. Why am I bringing up his children? Let me explain. Apparently, Marston Hefner, the son of the Playboy founder, has now turned to OnlyFans to sell content. Okay, why? He's trying to fund his hobby of collecting Pokemon cards and comic books. All right, Marston's 33 years old, and he did a recent interview where he opened up about how his late father had helped him be comfortable enough with his sexuality to be able to join OnlyFans as a creator. He did the interview with page six and he said, I joined it because I believe there's nothing wrong with nudity or sexuality. And I grew up, you know, in an environment where that kind of thing was hammered home. Y'all, he grew up in the Playboy Mansion. What do you expect? And where there's nothing wrong with nudity. Nudity is normal. 
but the avid Pokemon collector has admitted the main driving force behind this endeavor was just to get some extra cash for the hobby. I really like comic books, he says, and I really like Pokemon cards. I'm a collector. This is like a way for me to get some income so that I can buy that Pokemon card that I really want. Well, he refused to reveal an exact figure for the earnings of his X-rated content, he admitted he would be able to own a Pokemon trophy card very soon. Trophy cards can be upwards to six figures. Okay. But despite his success on the platform, he did reveal his wife wasn't a big fan of his little side job. She's not crazy about me being on OnlyFans, he says. She would rather me not be on OnlyFans, but what's more important is for me to pursue my dreams or my interests and take risks. Now, she does encourage him to do, you know, other things that he finds interesting and said he'd support her if she wanted her own OnlyFans account. But, um, gotta catch them all, OnlyFans. I'm going to date myself again um, and admit to the fact that when I was growing up, the biggest video game system in my household was the Sega Genesis. So I grew up as a very big Sonic fan. Um, you know, doing all of the extra emerald levels and such. I've recently introduced a family member of mine, a very young family member, uh, to the levels, and they've been asking me for help on a couple things. So trying to remember and use muscle memory to do some of these levels is, is a pretty incredible experience. And my mom even makes the joke that when my siblings and I used to play, doing some of the faster levels made her dizzy, and it still does 30-plus years later. So when the Sonic movie was announced back in 2018, I was very concerned and very skeptical. I was seeing what some other video game adaptations had come out as, and it was just... It, it scared me, to be honest. It, it did kind of scare me. And then the 2018 rolls around, and we get the first image of sonic and our hearts collectively dropped and we amounted a protest like never before seen ugly sonic eventually was done away with and made a small cameo in the chip and dale movie highly recommend that one for uh, us older folks but they did good with the remake they did fantastic and we were excited again and the sonic movie the first one was amazing sonic 2 came out and i was even more amazed they brought in Knuckles, which was a big uh, character that I loved to play as a kid. And then they paired up Knuckles with Idris Elba as the Echidna. I was psyched because the voice fit. His voice pattern was perfect. The jokes were spot on. It was a great movie. And I almost actually liked two better than I like one. All right. Why am I bringing this up? Well, Paramount Plus has announced they're doing a spinoff just for Knuckles. He's getting his own movie, guys. And Idris Elba is coming back. And uh, that that that's huge already. You know, we, he was such an amazing character performance. Why do you want to change it? Well, thank goodness they've got him back on the casting list. But why am I more excited? Let me explain. They have added now. These characters are not known. Like who who the these people are voicing, we don't know this yet. But my geek heart just went nuts. Carrie Elways. Christopher Lloyd, Stalker Channing, Paul Shear, and Ron Hubel have all been added. Okay, let me put this back in perspective for some of us older folks. This is like my childhood coming back to life. You have 
the Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley meets Doc Brown meets Rizzo. Holy crap. Mix in Idris Elba. We got ourselves a fantastic movie, right? And then I read the synopsis a little bit. Okay, so this is huge. The cast list is going to be amazing. They've released a couple of other announcements. Uh, they are also bringing back Adam Pally and Tika Sumter, who are bringing back the roles of Maddie Wachowski and Wade Whipple. No news on James Marston as whether he's coming back, but let's be honest, his character is like Sonic's human friend. So we don't necessarily need him unless Sonic's going to be making a small appearance. They have not currently given out a release date. The story is going to take place sometime in between Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and 3. 3 is supposed to be coming out December of 2024. Now, according to Paramount Plus, the live action series is going to follow Knuckles on a journey of self-discovery as he agrees to train Wade as his protege. Wade? Wade the Wade Cave? as his protege and teach him the ways of the echidna warrior okay go forth and teach wade we'll wait paramount is clearly staying the course when it comes to the sonic franchise and they're bringing back all of the key creatives to work on knuckles look if it worked for sonic 1 and sonic 2 why change the formula now jeff fowler is hey he directed both of the previous movies so he's going to direct uh, this pilot episode and, and then they also have John Whittington who worked on the script for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 he's written the pilot and he's considered the head writer on the series overall they've also got Idris Elba signed on as executive producer so this one's going to be pretty fun I'm really looking forward to this one like that I'm I was a big Sonic fangirl growing up and the movies really kicked that into high gear um i'm really excited to see what's going to happen how they're going to train wade we'll get into that a little bit later um but i'm really excited for this one so we're going to see what paramount can pull out and hopefully it'll show up like you said if the new one new movie of sonic 3 is coming out in 2024 um, then hopefully we'll see it before that movie comes out so maybe we're looking at summer of 24 pure speculation on my part but it would fall right right in that spot where people are going to want to watch and catch up with the series before the new one comes out around christmas of 24. just this past weekend long beach california saw a speed cubing event all right what is that exactly it's where a bunch of people get together and they tried to solve the rubik's cube as fast as they can now the previous world record was set by China's Yuxing Du back in 2018 for solving the 3x3x3 three by three by three Rubik's Cube. The record was 3.47 seconds. An American by the name of Max Park has now set the new world record by solving the 3x3x3 three by three by three in just 3.13 seconds. I'm still trying to figure out how to solve it. Raven's over here staring at me because his fastest is one minute and 30 seconds. I've seen him do it. It's impressive. I still haven't quite figured it out. So huge props to Max and anybody who can figure it out. That is amazing. I did watch the video and I'll drop the link so you can see it too because it is a blur. It is an absolute blur. Anything in speed cubing is impressive to watch, but to do it in, in just a little over three seconds um, according to the, this is now a Guinness World Record, by the way, and it is was on camera, so it is verified. Um, his fastest single solve 
before this was 3.63 seconds putting him in second place um but now he holds the record he also holds the record for the fastest time for the four by four five by five six by six and seven by seven that is an amazing accomplishment especially to have any guinness world record honestly but that is fantastic round of applause to you max I swear, these days, every time I hear the name Harrison Ford pop up in the news, it just makes me wonder what exactly is he trolling now? This man has become kind of a master to act like he has no idea what is going on, what you're talking about. And it's funny. He's been doing it for years, let's be honest. I mean, I've seen some of his trolling back from the late 70s and early 80s during his Star Wars days and Indiana Jones days. And he just loves to, to really mess around with the media. So now... Uh, Harrison Ford is about to make his debut into the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because we just can't not have anybody in the MCU. Even Nicolas Cage was talking about it at one point. But he's going to be making his debut in Captain America Brave New World that will debut next year in 2024. He is going to be playing the character of Thaddeus Ross, who is the current president of the United States. In the lore of the comics roar roar let's hear him roar ross will eventually become the red hulk and in a recent interview ford was asked if red hulk might be making an appearance after ford was spotted on set wearing some ripped pants this is a really good and it's an intriguing question but ford had no idea how to respond because he quote unquote supposedly doesn't know who red hulk is after comic book was doing this interview enthusiastically asked ford if the ripped pants photo might be suggesting the appearance of, by red hulk ford responded what is the red hulk they then explained who red hulk is and ford gave a very diplomatic answer of well it may or may not in response to the question about will red hulk show up now all right this is a really classic example of harrison ford just doing harrison ford things he may not actually know who red hulk is he may be just being deliberately obtuse but in the event uh, ford saying he doesn't know who red hulk is just was a great answer and it was a great response and it got people buzzing about it so for those who don't know in the marvel comics thaddeus ross the, the character that Ford will be playing ends up spiraling down into alcohol, alcoholism and into depression when his daughter is killed by abomination and the Hulk is exiled off of Earth. They, you, you, she's dead. Bye. So bye bye Hulk. Then Ross teams up with this team of bad people and they use Hulk's energy and turn him into the Red Hulk where apparently he can change his form at will. It doesn't any, I'm angry, and he changes. He can literally turn it off and on, where Bruce Banner couldn't couldn't do that. Um, he does end up becoming more of a an anti-hero than a true villain uh, through his storyline. Red Hulk's only been around since 2008, so he's a relatively newish-ish character uh, in the uh, Marvel Universe. So we're going to see how he plays out. The announcement post that confirmed Brave New World change names from new world order and that featured the photo of harrison ford in the semi-ripped jeans um people took the picture they ran with it and said here's the evidence this is it he's going to hulk out 
this is going to be the best movie ever. Or, you know, how the, the fan people like to sound when they that. Uh, but anyway, so Harrison Ford will be coming in theaters next. He is set to star in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny on June the 30th. This is going to be Ford's last outing as Indiana Jones. Uh, his first three movies were fantastic. We don't acknowledge the fourth movie. It never happened. There is no movie in Bossing Say. So we'll see you in theaters for Dial of Destiny, and we look forward to seeing Harrison Ford show up as Thaddeus Ross uh, in Captain America Brave New World next year in 2024. And now for some esports news. Good news, League of Legends fans, uh, the summer split has actually officially started. They started back on June 14th after an almost two-week uh, postponement because of the walkout where the Players Association were making more demands and were trying to negotiate better terms with Riot. They did come to some agreements. Um, I'm not going to go over the whole of it because there's a lot. So I'll leave the link down below if you want to read the new terms and conditions between uh, Riot, the teams, and the Players Association. So they started back on the 14th um, of June. But in other slight news about esports, Disguised Toast is a streamer who has spent a million dollars on an esports team. And he's given an interview about why this is a bad thing. Okay, Jeremy Wang, he's better known to the internet as Disguised Toast. He announced back in January that he had spent half a million dollars to found a Valorant pro team called DSG, Disguised Toast Gaming. And it really didn't go well. By May, the team was on an 0-7 run, and Disguised Toast was having really serious second thoughts. But despite that, he went and purchased a League of Legends team back in May so that he could compete in the North American Challengers League. What timing but the venture also got to a, off to a really bad start because of the strike of the walkout well that walkout happened and that allowed teams to drop their second tier challenger league rosters so everything that he just put his money into poof up in smoke gone and this put dozens of players and coaches out of work this also was a really ugly moment for Riot because this was weeks after Activision apparently acknowledged in, an, in a filing with the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, that Overwatch and Call of Duty leagues were both facing challenges negatively impacting operations and longevity. So here comes Disguised Toast, and he's talking about how the esports industry is really just one of the worst things that you can invest in right now. And it's not because his teams, for lack of a better, nicer term, sucks, although they kind of do. It's in spite because of, of all the millions that he's pouring into it. There's no money to be made. There's no what they call the return on investment. And now we have two of the biggest esports leagues in operation, and they're pointing towards serious sustainability problems for their pro esports in general. Activision and Riot have quickly talked about their commitment to the long-term future of the pro leagues, but uh, Disguised Toast is talking a little more blunter, a little more bleaker. It's one man against two corporations. He's going to tell you. So he starts talking about how if you look at any esports organization in North America, all of them are either broke or they're going broke. And he said, and I do mean all of them. This is a direct quote from his interview. 
some organizations will try and put on a front and say, hey, we're still good. We look good. Everything's cool here. Trust me when I say everyone is just losing a lot of money. A lot of people are being fired and no organization is safe right now. There is one thing that Jeremy has said that we can really trust. We don't have access to anybody's financial books. And as he said, no organization is acknowledging being dangerously in the red. Even FaZe Clan. Now, FaZe Clan is currently at risk from being delisted from the NASDAQ stock exchange because their stock price has crashed to under $1 a share. They're more publicly focused on the profiles of the creators that they partner with rather than long-term viability. But long-term trouble does seem to be brewing. There's a lot of major sponsorships that have dried up. And that's because the failure of esports. Why is it failing? Look, we like to watch esports. There's almost nothing I like better than my family and I sitting here and we're watching CSGO tournaments. It's fun. It's exciting. But why is it failing? Well, esports hasn't penetrated mainstream audiences. So the expense is unattractive. Disguised Toast says he talked to an energy drink company that's already active in esports about a sponsorship, but he was told they're getting out of the space entirely because, well, they're not getting anything out of it. They're investing millions and millions, and there's just no significant return. So as soon as their contractual obligations are met, they're out. Now, Toast has a plan to take a little more of an altruistic approach. He's going to experiment with Patreon. And there's going to be perks for backers. But generally speaking, the pitch is going to be, if you like the team, support the team. If there are thousands of viewers that are just willing to spend five bucks a month on millionaire streamers just for a little badge in the chat, like some of us do, maybe there are some fans out there willing to throw in five bucks a month to keep a team going a team they like, a team they support. And I get that, po- that that point there. There are some streamers out that I've watched that they're just trying to pay their bills. They're just trying to make a living and they're trying to do it different than going into retail or food or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the five bucks a month makes a big difference to them. So you want to subscribe to them. You want to throw them a tip every now and then. I've heard one streamer goes, I've never asked or begged for money any time in my life. But I had an unexpected emergency medical bill. Can you toss me $5? And within 30 minutes, he had everything he needed to pay that medical bill. Apparently, it was also tax season, so that impacted as well. And I've never heard him ask for money ever since. And it was a, it was an, a kind of a humbling thing to think, oh, gosh, this really is their job. You know, they're trying to make a living just like the rest of us. So I get where he's coming from. And, and trying the Patreon route is kind of an interesting thing. I don't know long term, honestly, uh, but I do see some rumblings in the world of, of esports. Popularity has definitely diminished. I love to watch Rocket League. I used to, to watch Riot all the time. Um, I just don't have as much time to watch anymore, especially since uh, League has changed their schedule to showing on Thursdays. Uh, I do, like I said, love to watch CSGO tournaments. Uh, not really huge on the Call of Duty my, myself personally, but a friend of mine watches it and he's just absolutely addicted to it. Fortnite, same thing. But how many more games are going to have esports? I had a complaint. I'm going on my soapbox. There were several games that were not even out of beta yet that they were doing tournaments for. Why did they do that? And I'm looking at you, Riot. I'm going to put you out there. 
Valorant was just coming out. It was still in beta and they were pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. It's like, why is there a tournament when the rest of us don't even have access to it yet? And they put so much money behind this Valorant. Valorant's popular. I mean, they've got, I mean, Disguised Toast has his own Valorant team. They actually just disbanded because they ended up 0-11 over the last 11 games. Um, they said they did so bad they got kicked out of Challenger League and they had to go back through requalification. Um, he said he doesn't know if they're going to do it. It's going to be a lot of drastic changes. And as he says, it's going to get a little spicy. Uh, so we're going to, it's, the, the future of esports is kind of uncertain, especially if a lot of sponsors are pulling out. I mean, you got to have the money if you're going to run it. So where are you going to get the money from? You've either got to convince new sponsors, you got to beg the sponsors to stay, or you got to come up with something else. And if you got to do the Patreon dance to, uh, to pay the piper, then let's dance. Y'all ready to hear something a little wacky? A Belgian man has pulled off the prank of a lifetime when he faked his own death and then showed up to his funeral by stepping off of a helicopter instead of being carried out of a hearse. TikToker by the name of David Bereton, along with his wife and his children, decided to orchestrate the prank to loved ones to see who actually cared about the 45-year-old. Hmm. To spread the news of Bereton's death, one of his kids took to social media and wrote a tribute to her father, saying, quote, Rest in peace, Daddy. I will never stop thinking about you. Why is life so unfair? Why you? You were going to be a grandfather, and you still had your whole life ahead of you? I love you. We love you. We will never forget you, unquote. The fake funeral was held near the city of Liège in Belgium last weekend and was attended by dozens of friends and family members. They're all dressed in black. They were waiting for the ceremony and the, the celebration of life to begin. When they took looked up and in the sky was a plane, a bird, Superman, no, landing helicopter, the dead man, uh, David, along with the camera crew, hopped off the chopper and he greeted his mourners with a warm cheers to you all. Welcome to my funeral. Some of his family and friends celebrated his return from the dead by running through the field to give the man a hug once he had landed. Others remained in the parking lot and were a little bit confused about what was happening. A small number of the funeral goers were less than pleased, to say the least, with Bereton, who for which it forced him to go on TikTok and explain. And he said he did it because he didn't like the treatment that his friends and family had been giving him recently. He said, quote, what I see in my family often hurts me and I never get invited to anything. Nobody sees me. We all grew apart and I felt un unappreciated. And that's why I wanted to give them a life lesson to show them that you shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. Bearton has over 165,000 followers and has claimed that some of the loved ones have been reaching out to him since the prank occurred, adding, it proves who really cares about me. And those who didn't come did contact me to meet up. So in a way, I did win. Okay. Um, so honestly... That makes me wonder why he wasn't getting invitations. Uh, the comments section of this story was very interesting to say the least. 
a lot of people claiming this would be the last time that I would ever talk to him again. Um, very awkward for a lot of people. They said something that this would be something an influencer would do. Um, this really, this couldn't have happened. Video clip. I will post the link down below so you can see the TikTok video. Um, this was quite an intervention. I have so many questions. Um, his next funeral probably won't have as many people because it's the boy who cried wolf all over again. Uh, so in a way, I, I get his point. You know, if he's feeling neglected, that's definitely a, a cry for help. I mean, attention. Um, and it did work. I mean, he, he got quite a few views and even it landed a story in the New York Post, as well as a retweet from a, a Twitter account called The Daily Loud. So in the end, David did get exactly what he was trying to do, and he got attention, and he's gotten some love back from his family. Let's just hope that the la next time that he needs his family, he won't have to take such drastic measures. Well, well, I must say, that was a fun trip. And I also have to say, I'm really glad Summerfest is done for now. It was starting to drag just a little bit. Uh, we're going to be able to start enjoying more entertainment and gaming news. So y'all stay comfy here in the Starter Zone. This has been Amanda. Good luck and have fun. listening to The Starter Zone with Amanda. I am Raven. We thank you for your time and support. Without you, we simply would not be. Please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on Facebook and Twitter at The Starter Zone. Have we missed something? Have something to say? Leave us comments or send us audio clips. Be interesting and you might make it on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you.